Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast, Week 1 Preview Edition. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, are you ready to talk about some real friggin' college football games this week on the podcast, finally? No, I missed summer when we didn't have anything to talk about. Hate to be the killjoy, you know. That's we, not what you were expecting, huh? We should just go back to like making up questions that people may or may not have actually emailed us. Um, it's like, how was your how was your cruise? Oh, it was good. Uh, haven't talked to you in about five weeks. Uh, here's our July podcast. But hey, we're past it. Week one. It's I mean, finally here. Talking about potentially sinking on an Alaskan cruise was probably more entertaining than talking about week one college football but we digress and we are here to preview week one of the ACC this week uh it is it is so good to be back to college football week one is famous I think for having a few really good games and then several very very questionable games that you will watch anyways because it is college football at the very end of a long and disappointing and dry summer that you just you're just ready for football to come back so Mike, without any further ado, I want to go ahead and and start talking about the ACC lineup this weekend, and we're gonna we're gonna get into some of the very very large games very soon. But we want to start by talking about the earliest games on the schedule, and we're gonna lump them together. So there's there's several typical Week One games. We'll call them that. Um, teams are not really stretching to schedule big time out of conference opponents. Thursday night, Wake Forest opens at home against Presbyterian. Friday, Syracuse at home against Central Connecticut. And Boston College on the road against Northern Illinois. Real quick, Joey. Real quick, Joey. Don't want to cut you off. Combined ticket cost for those three games, 20 bucks. That seems like a pretty good deal for 20 bucks. I would go see three college football games, even from crappy competition. I would do it. BC Northern Illinois currently as we record here on Tuesday evening you can get tickets from $11 Syracuse in Central Connecticut from $7 and Presbyterian College against Wake Forest you can get tickets starting at 2 bucks your beer costs more than your football ticket that's what I'm talking about I was going to say how much do hot dogs cost at that game because I mean I've been to dollar dog night at the Astros game here in Houston and to think that I could only get two hot dogs for what it would cost to get me an entire game of Wake Forest and Presbyterian is kind of disappointing. A $1 hot dog gets you one half a football for Wake Forest and Presbyterian. So. <laughs> they kicked me out at halftime. All right, cool. <laughs> think, of it, think of it that way. Okay. Oh, you bought three hot dogs? You're out of here. Good Lord. Okay. Wake Presbyterian, Syracuse Central Connecticut, Boston College at Northern Illinois. We move into Saturday. We've got Kent State at Clemson. We've got Bethune-Cookman at Miami, Youngstown State at Pittsburgh. 
William and Mary at Virginia and North Carolina Central at Duke. Mike, I think we're pretty aligned on who's going to win all of these games. Give me the one game that you think is the most likely of all of these to go sideways at some point and cause a problem for the ACC team. Raise your hand if you trust Boston College. Anybody? Any takers? Crickets. And crickets. Um, BC minus two and a half on the road to Calb, Illinois. Um, that could go sideways on a Real Friday quickly. Night. Yeah, Friday night, 930, Northern Illinois. What could go wrong? Um, plus, BC's favored for what a few times this season. So, um, logic would tell you BC wins that game, but logic would also tell you that BC has – everything in place to screw that up so that one could go a little sideways um i don't know if i'm a miami fan i'd strap up against bethune cookman um the question in that game was whether or not miami scores 70 uh the the other game i guess when looking at what one could possibly go sideways youngstown state goes to heinz field to play against pittsburgh youngstown state went to the fcs championship game last year and lost to james madison that's a game to watch uh, Pittsburgh should handle them there, but Pittsburgh, of course, dealing with suspensions on both sides of the football in that game could get a little tricky. Um, it, I think Youngstown State has the horses to hang around at least for a little while, but I like Pittsburgh there. Um, I, I just I like all the favorites in these games. Virginia is really lucky. William and Mary is no Richmond, <laughs> as we remember from the opener last year. So uh, that's good news for the Charlottesville faithful. They don't have to play Richmond again for their FCS draw. Um, so you can get a ticket there for 15 bucks, And you can get a $15 ticket at Virginia all season because they're going to be horrible. So that's what you got. I got all the favorites in these games, but there's the handful of them to watch. Mike, can I give you some very, very bad news right now? Bad news for who? Well, we'll get there in a second. Do you have any idea how Richmond ended the 2016 season? Uh, I do not. Would you be surprised if I told you it was with a 34-13 loss to William and Mary? <laughs> so, uh, careful, Virginia. Because be careful. <laughs> maybe, maybe William and Mary is better than the Richmond team that beat you last year. So, I don't mind your picks. I think Northern Illinois over Boston College is not completely unthinkable, given that Boston College is not even a field goal favorite in that game. Um, I don't think that Youngstown State over Pittsburgh is like a completely unthinkable thing, given that Youngstown State damn near won the FCS championship last year. But William & Mary over Virginia could also go a little bit sideways if you're not being real careful, Cavaliers. So Bronco Mendenhall, don't forget to dot your T's and cross your I's because this thing could get a little messy if you're not really focused. So just be real careful here. At least you have a good quarterback. Right? I mean... Crickets. Crickets, yeah. So, Kurt Benkert, this is your show. Do not, do not screw this up. What could go wrong? Yeah, what you'll could be, go wrong? You'll be public enemy number one in Charlottesville. Mike, let's move on to real football. Uh, other than that, we think all the... Oh, God. <laughs> all the ACC teams are going to win... Otherwise, so let's go to real football, and we got to start with the headliner of the weekend, not only just in the ACC, but in college football in general. 8 o'clock on Saturday on ABC, the most primetime spot of the opening weekend. 
the game that we've been looking forward to for several months, if not years. I don't know how long they schedule these in advance. Number three, Florida State in Atlanta in a neutral site game against the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama is a full seven-point favorite. Mike, what is your thought on this game? How does Florida State stack up? Can they get it done against the Tide? Florida State has the athletes, so let's start with that. That's good news. Uh, Defense is going to be really, really solid. Secondary is going to be awesome. There's not a better front seven in college football than Florida State's front seven. Jalen Hurts ranked ninth in the SEC last year in yards traveling further than 10 yards. (laughs) So that gives you an idea. The passing attempts are something to watch, especially when Hurts attempts to pass the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Didn't go too well for him last year. What could go wrong against the Florida State defense? Um, That's something to watch. Something else to watch, Alabama's running game against Florida State's front seven. If they're able to establish a run game, Alabama will wear you down over four quarters. We've seen them do it a billion times. They have their defense go out and be – you know, the best defense in college football and go up against an offense and wear them down all game long. And then they bring out all their stable of horses at running back and have each one of them ground and pound and wear you down for four quarters until you're absolutely beaten over the head and you're tired and your defense has been on the field for like 13 out of the 15 minutes in the fourth quarter. That's what Alabama does. Florida State needs to... Here's the, here's the thing. Like, Alabama's defense can really get after you. And that's the thing I worry about in this game because Florida State has had a really hard time over the past 13 or 14 games keeping their quarterback upright. DeAndre Francois got killed throughout most of the year last year. That was the prevailing theme, and that was the one thing with Florida State's team that never got fixed. Um, that's the thing I worry about in this game. Florida State holding up against Alabama's front seven. I think Florida State will be fine defensively and will be able to keep it a low-scoring game. But I think eventually Alabama's defense is going to make enough stops in this game to get the victory. Even though they have Jalen Hurts playing quarterback, I think they have more than enough to overcome his inability to throw the ball down the field, which was a problem in the national championship game, as we saw. That was the last college football game we all saw. Um, except for, you know, maybe the five last weekend that nobody watched. Um, The last college football game I saw, anyway. um, I like Alabama in this game. I don't like them by seven or more, so I'm all over Florida State plus seven to cover here, but I think Alabama wins. Um, Just a really tough opening game for the Seminoles with an offensive line that's a little bit shaky and a running game that is inserting two guys into the fold in – Cam Akers, who's a true freshman, he was the number one rated running back recruit, but he's still a true freshman. And Jacquez Patrick, who has fumbling issues, and Jimbo Fisher has questioned his toughness. Well, you better strap up against Alabama's defense, and that's who you get in the opener. Real tough draw for the Seminoles. I like their defense. Don't love their offense in this one against Alabama's defense. I'm going to take Alabama and their running backs to get the job done in the fourth quarter and win this game, but it'll be by less than seven. Mike, the thing that I've been saying for a while about this game, I think there's a very big difference in how I pick this game in week one versus like a like a mid-October type of setting. Um, 
I really like Florida State's chances here, especially against the spread, but even outright in game one without Lane Kiffin calling plays for Alabama. Uh, you've got a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that has not yet proven that he can beat a defense just with his arm alone. Uh, you saw that with Clemson last year in the national title game as they forced Jalen Hurts to throw the ball down the field. He's not that effective doing so yet. Uh, he's also got to replace a lot of the weapons that he would throw to down the field, such as our Darius Stewart, O.J. Howard, those types of guys. So um, I, I don't know this is a great matchup for Alabama right now. I think really the defining uh, element of this game is going to be Florida State's defense. If if they can give Alabama's offense under new leadership with some, uh, some turnover, especially in the downfield uh, uh, options, really, when it comes to throwing the ball – I think Florida State has a really good chance to win this game. Um, I'm going to take Florida State to cover and I think win outright. It's a touchdown underdog. I don't think that is a a good spread. I really like the Seminoles. I'll take a touchdown, but even then, I think they win outright. You won't bet money line on that game. Uh no yeah you're right I won't bet money line on that game <laughs> I gotta call your bluff gotta call your bluff I I am not that ballsy I will not bet the money line on that game unless I you know I've done really well in some of the earlier games and then I feel really you know pumped up or something like that but alcohol getting to you late in the game which has just never happened to any of us so ever yeah just unthinkable um I think Florida State has a really good chance to win this game and make a statement against Alabama number one. Um, again, I don't know that I like their chances as much later in the year, but with Alabama trying to replace some key pieces in the front seven, even in the secondary a little bit, I mean, this is a defense that has never had any problems reloading whatsoever, but I think Florida State has what it takes to get it done. I think they're able to do so. And I'm going to probably look real dumb when it comes, you know, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So, um, what the hell? I'll take Florida State to win outright. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, this is the time. This is the time to pick that, I guess. If you're going to pick against Alabama, pick against them in the opener. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. I'm, I'm getting on a Lane Kiffin binge now. You talk about him enough. Oh, my God. We're inserting that into our podcast. Um, Nick Saban doesn't lose openers a lot, but I think this is one that could – potentially get away from uh game number two virginia tech and west virginia little sunday night football on the college game uh 7 30 on abc virginia tech four point favorite joey who you got mike i i am nothing if not a tecate drinker and the the the, nice. the the tagline of tecate is fortune favors the bold so not only give me Florida State to win outright, give me Virginia Tech to cover four here. This is in Washington, D.C. It is a revival of the Black Diamond rivalry, a rivalry in which nobody's really sure of where the trophy is um, or who last won it or when that last game occurred. Uh, we've seen several statements from both teams that imply that either team may or may not have the trophy. So we don't really have like proof of life on this thing yet, but uh, – there's been a lot of talk that West Virginia might be, maybe should be favored in this game. Um, I, we talked to our buddy earlier in the offseason, Josh Parcell, about a month ago. He's very, very high on West Virginia in this game, thinks that it should be about an even, even kind of game without a, a, a spread of four points here. Uh, looks a lot at Will Greer, the, the West Virginia quarterback coming in. You might know him from Florida a couple of years ago. He was really effective for a long time. 
I think that's about the only thing that West Virginia has going on Virginia Tech right now. I think that West Virginia is better at about one out of 22 positions in the field, and I think Virginia Tech has a lot of, of everything else, especially on defense. Um, West Virginia is looking to largely rebuild their defense after last year. Virginia Tech has a lot of offensive skill talent to replace uh, pretty much all of it, basically, but... The thing is that I trust Bud, Bud Foster's defense for Virginia Tech far more than I trust anything from West Virginia in this, in this game. Give me Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech wins this game comfortably by 10-plus. Uh, so in, in a four-point spread, I'll take the Hokies to, to win and cover here. Uh, Mike, is that a little too ambitious? It's not ambitious. I have that same sentiment. Virginia Tech plus all those points I and more. I, I just... I have a hard time seeing Virginia Tech uh, winning this game by less than four points. West Virginia is without two of their leading receivers from last year, a starting linebacker, a bunch else on defense. Um, They're losing a ton of talent on that side of the ball. Virginia Tech's got a ton of talent to replace on offense, like you mentioned. But Cam Phillips does return. They do have Trayvon McMillan and Stephen Peoples, two running backs who have been in the rotation for quite some time. They have C.J. Carroll in the slot, who has been with the Hokies for the last couple of seasons and has played well for them. Justin Fuente, I trust him more than I trust Dana Holgerson. I trust the Hokies, and it's going to be a home crowd there at FedEx Field. Um, about something like 70 or 80% of the alumni base for Virginia Tech is in the Northern Virginia area, which is about a 20-minute drive from the stadium. So give me the Hokies plus the home crowd plus the points. Hokies win and cover here in their neutral site game and get this season off on the right foot. I really don't understand the hype around West Virginia. They're they're number 22 in the country coming into week one here, and I don't get it. I mean, they got smashed by Miami in their bowl game, and then they lost a whole bunch of the offense that made them so good last year. I just don't get why they're so hyped up right now. Yeah, so they get smashed by Miami in the bowl game, a Miami team that got hand, I mean, got absolutely handled in the game against Virginia Tech last year in Blacksburg. Now, I know it's last season, new year, new teams, but I'm having a hard time coming to grips with the fact that Virginia Tech's only a four-point favorite in this game. Um, I, besides Will Greer, like you mentioned, I don't think there's really any other position on the field where West Virginia has an advantage and because of that I'm taking the Hokies and the coaching staff and the fans and I'm an alum and I'm a homer and I'm taking the Hokies and by the way Mike just so that we're clear the first two games we've talked about here Florida State plus seven Virginia Tech minus four my money's in on both of those I think that both those teams cover and I feel really good about it probably as good as I feel about any of these here this entire weekend all over those bets all over yeah money, money money is going on to gambling sites and there's allegedly money making money making opportunities there i'm not doing anything illegal allegedly mike nothing illegal though for sure nothing um illegal. yeah we'll we'll get to acc picks of the week here in a little while but just so that you guys know yeah feeling really good i, I think both of us feeling really good about florida state covering seven virginia tech covering four here Game number three, Mike, is Monday evening, 8 o'clock on ESPN, Labor Day night in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, as, as is Florida State and Alabama on Saturday. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a three-point underdog to number 25, Tennessee. And can you please help me out here? Because I have no earthly idea what to make of this game. Do you have a quarter I can flip? 
Uh, let me let me check here. Yeah, I'll get okay. back to you. Yeah, he- heads for Georgia Tech, tails for Tennessee. I have no idea what to make of this game. Tennessee is replacing so much. Georgia Tech has a lot returning. Uh, they did just lose Dietrich Mills. Um, in case you forgot, Joey, I needed to re- remind you. That's that's a big one. Thanks, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, I'm inclined to take Georgia Tech in this game. I I wish I could give you more insightful commentary as somebody who's, you know, the co-host of an ACC podcast as to why I'm picking Georgia Tech in this game, but I really don't know why. I'm um, I'm going to go with the experience. There's not as much roster turnover with Georgia Tech as there is with Tennessee. Uh, you think about just on the quarterback position alone, um, Tennessee's got to replace Josh Jobs. they got to replace Jalen Hurd. they got to replace Alvin Kamara. I mean, there are a lot of playmakers on the Volunteers roster, on the offensive side of the ball specifically, that they need to replace. You're not saying the same thing for Georgia Tech, even though there's no more Justin Thomas, no more Dietrich Mills. I think you feel good about the running backs that you do have returning, plus the offensive line talent, plus the defense, which should be okay. I'm going to take Georgia Tech in this neutral site game. Um, I don't know why Tennessee's ranked. We do this every year. Can everybody stop being stupid? I, you know, I, I'm so sick of Tennessee being ranked highly and talked about as like dark horse sleeper team in the SEC East. Stop it. Um, no reason why they should be ranked. Nobody knows anything about Tennessee. So, you know, they could very well be Georgia Tech, but I, you know, I'm going to take the Yellow Jackets here in a game I really don't know anything about. Mike, we're going to do this live on the air. Are you ready? Go. Siri, flip a coin. It's heads this time. Heads. We're going Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech. We're nice. going Georgia Tech. Uh, I literally I, – I don't know. I, I've been telling people, Mike, that this game makes me think of a tribute to, like, the replacement starring Keanu Reeves. Uh, I, like – freaking – I don't know who's playing on either side of the ball for this, this game. Like – Georgia Tech quarterback, running back, Tennessee skill positions in general. Like, I don't know. And it is Paul Johnson helped out with the depth chart. Yeah, Paul Johnson released a depth chart today as we record this on Tuesday night. Uh, There were four possible starting quarterbacks for Georgia Tech, so Lord only knows who that's going to be. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, I I have no idea, Mike. This is a bizarre game to me. I'm going to go – frankly, I am going to go with Georgia Tech here to cover and win outright. And the only reason that I'm going to go there is I think that Georgia Tech has the better coach. I think that Paul Johnson is a better coach than Butch Jones is here. Plus, I think that low-key Georgia Tech might be a little bit of America's team of the week as they want to see the Butch Jones downward spiral start immediately, which if they lose here on a national stage to a team running an option offense is very, very possible. So keep an eye out for that. Um, But Sure. What the hell? I'll go Georgia Tech to cover three and win against Tennessee. I was kind of planning on coming in, picking it the other way around, just so I don't get my hopes up. But I don't. I have no idea who's going to win this game, and I, I don't know how it's going to look. So whatever. Sure, I'll take the Yellow Jackets plus three. Yeah, Tennessee prefers to not be the only game on TV where they could be embarrassed in front of everybody, and not just you know in front of the their fan base that's watching the game uh, it's great it's the only game on tv monday night so i mean tennessee tennessee is the most talented team on this field on monday night for them to lose to a less talented team would that surprise you even a little bit uh no i mean it's still sec talent 
but it's not, you know, shrug emoji. Dude, Tennessee was the team last year that was like 6-0, and and four of their wins had come in the last 30 seconds of a game against various levels of competition. Like, this is very much an unstable, you know, no, no promises type of team relative to the type of talent they have on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I just... It's week one, you know? That's... Coin flip is good enough for me. Nobody knows. Um, yeah, nobody knows. Um, another interesting game, NC State is playing against South Carolina in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. So, South Carolina, um, they're not very good. And NC State is supposed to be pretty good. So, by default, I'm taking NC State here. That's that's my pick. Um, I like Ryan Finley in that offense in this game. Um, Will Muschamp's replacing a lot on defense there at South Carolina. Um, it's going to take a while for South Carolina to get their feet under them. I, I do think South Carolina will be better this year. I, I do. Um, I probably have more tr- uh, more trust in Will Muschamp than most do. Um, a, a lot of people don't have any trust in him. I, I think South Carolina is heading in the right direction, but it was going to be such an incredible rebuild there after the last bit of what was going on with Spurrier with recruiting and everything else it was going to take a while to really build this team back up I I do think he at least has recruiting moving in the right direction so um yeah South Carolina is an intriguing team to watch long term this year but give me NC State I think they're the more talented team um I do think they win and cover five uh neutral site game if it was on the road in South Carolina maybe I'm not picking them to cover five um, but they're the better team here on paper. So give me the Wolf Pack there in their opener. I'm with you. I think that people are probably overrating South Carolina a little bit right now. I think that people are probably underrating NC State a little bit right now. And I don't want to be quoted on that because I feel like the NC State hype train is a little bit undetermined right now. Like it might be a little too strong. It might be a little too weak. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, give me NC State, I think, to cover here. Uh, I think that they win this game by 7 to 10 points. I think they're better. Lord only knows, though, because weird things happen in these opening games in Charlotte against South Carolina where we saw UNC. I think it was last year that they had, like, three red zone interceptions and they lost the game by, like, 10 points, and it was just kind of embarrassing. Maybe it was two years ago. I don't remember, but... Weird things can happen in Charlotte. You never know. But give me – I think NC State is able to take this game, you know, again, 7 to 10 points. So I'll take them to cover uh, – to win and cover here. Um, I think they're able to get it done and prove that defensively they have what it takes to stifle a, a pretty decent opposing offense. And I think that their offense is going to be able to overwhelm maybe what should be a little bit of an overrated South Carolina defense so far early in this year. Uh, again, this might be as one that if you gave me the same matchup and the same spread later in the year, I might feel a little different about. But week one, yeah, give me the Wolfpack to win and cover here. Uh, speaking of stuff that's overrated, how about Cal coming across the country and the fatigue factor, the internal time clock factor? And I'm not talking about it not being a factor at all. I'm talking about it being a little bit overrated in point spread because North Carolina has a home game at Cal, 1220 on Saturday, ACC Network. North Carolina replacing everything on offense. They have a defensive coordinator in Gene Chizik who's gone. They have a defense that should be – talented now whether or not that translates to performance on the field is another thing 
Cal is coming across the country, completely overturned their entire coaching staff. Um, North Carolina is the better team here, Joey, but I'd like Cal to cover 11. Um, coming all the way to Chapel Hill, all the way across the country in an opener. Um, if you're Cal, this is a game that you can come into town and you're not going to have anybody yeah, – you know, you're not going to be sleeping on North Carolina in this game. It is the opener, but, uh, you know, I think North Carolina with a rebuild going on on the offensive side of the football, I think 11 is a pretty huge spread, uh, especially when you have a defense that's talented but hasn't really proven anything yet, and you have a Cal offense that nobody's really expecting anything from because nobody knows what to expect with a new coaching staff. I think this is a great spot to pick Cal to cover here. Um, I think North Carolina wins the game, but I'll take Cal to cover 11. I think that's a huge number, especially in the opener with two teams that we don't really know a whole lot about. Now, Mike, let's be very honest with each other. Cal is not known for playing defense either. But at the same time, UNC, as you mentioned, loses Gene Chizik, which is the only reason I've ever been given to have any faith whatsoever in a Tar Heel defense. Um as you mentioned, I mean, Cal, sure, they're coming across the country. They got a little bit of the the, you know, the the lag in their bodies or whatever from a bit of a time change. That's fine, whatever. It, that might suck. But at the end of the day, I feel like Cal is one of those teams that's going to score points on you anytime, anywhere. Um, it, it's more a matter of the fact that they can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense. So, I, I mean, I, I'm with you here. I think Cal covers. I think there's some chance that Cal wins this game outright. Um, I would not be surprised if I saw that. North Carolina's 11-point favorites having to replace basically everybody on offense and having to replace the defensive coordinator that made them, you know, respectable on defense is just, I mean, that is a daunting task to, to try to accomplish against an 11-point spread. So I'm with you. I'm going to take Cal to cover. I don't know that they can necessarily get the job done and win the game, but uh, I think that they cover at the very least, but there's some chance for sure that they actually come away with a win here against North Carolina. Um, Mike, talking about huge spreads, can we talk about the largest spread that is actually established this weekend as we – you know, we're in week one. We got a lot of ACC Power Five teams playing against FCS teams, and Vegas won't bother to put a spread in place. And speaking of ACC teams versus uh, FCS teams, Louisville number twenty, number sixteen has a twenty-five point favorite against Purdue, who might as well be an FCS team. Is borderline FCS level team. Uh, Seven thirty on Saturday on Fox. Uh, this is in Indianapolis at uh, the uh, not the Edward. What's the stadium yeah, Lucas, there? Lucas Oil Stadium. Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Uh, world famous. Uh, so, Clearly. yeah. Um, this is Part of this is interesting to me, Mike, because Purdue, this is going to be game one under Jeff Brom. Uh, he comes from Western Kentucky where he put together a very, very successful program, kind of in the, the image of what Bobby Petrino put together there who is the guy that he played under, the guy that he's coached under for several years, and now a guy that he's going to coach against in game one of his head coaching tenure at Purdue. He's going to play against Bobby Petrino's Louisville Cardinals. I, I, I'm very, very concerned about talent levels at Purdue uh, and their ability to keep up with Louisville, but at the very least, 25 is an enormous number. Can the Boilermakers cover the better part of four touchdowns against the Cardinals here? No. Same. 
Okay. Louisville. Yeah. Over under five and a half touchdowns for Lamar Jackson in this game. Over. Give me oh my God. Give me the over. Please. Give me the over. See, I think he has I think he has six. He has three through the air. Oh, four through the air, two on the ground. I'm gonna go with six on the number. See, but here's the thing that you gotta account for is what if Lamar Jackson doesn't play the second half? Then what, Mike? Then what? That's true, but didn't he have like eight uh, what was it? One of the first couple games last year he had like seven or eight touchdowns in the first half he didn't even play the entire second half it was one of the non-conference games I want to say it was like seven against Coastal Carolina or something like that yeah that sounds right it was it was one of those first two or three games where everybody was like oh my god look at him go and it was like oh he had like 230 yards passing but he had like six touchdown passes you know like it was it was stu- it was just like a stupid stat line it's like okay he threw. He averaged like five yards per completion, but he was like seven of seven and had like four touchdowns. And then he had like two hundred yards rushing. It was, yeah, it was only only things you would normally see in a video game. But yeah, Louisville covers Lamar Jackson six touchdowns. I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know when he'll go to the bench. Cardinals win by a lot. Jackson gets off to a great start. Mike, you might even say those are numbers that might win you a Heisman at some point. Yeah. Um, oh, he won the Heisman last year, right? Subtle reminder that Lamar Jackson is your returning Heisman winner. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, you got to put that out there because, like, the entire country is forgotten. It's annoying. It. Yeah, it's pretty absurd. Um, yeah. Cardinals cover 25. I think this is another one, Mike, that if you told me this is a game being played week one, 2018, I might feel a little different about. I think Jeff Brown was a great and pretty much lucky hire by Purdue, honestly. I wonder how much he sticks there versus goes somewhere else. I think they'll be really good relatively. Uh, I think they'll be relatively good uh, about a year from now, but in game one, this might be really, really messy for the Boilermakers and just... Stick it out. It's going to get better. Louisville covers 25 points here week one. Mike, you know what it's time for now that we are back to real football? Go ACC moment of the week? No, no, no. That's in the recap. Yeah. It's time, it is time now for the ACC pick of the week because we are nothing if not a mildly gambling podcast. So, out of all these spreads that we've talked about tonight, or hell, even, I don't know, if you find a spread or whatever on some of the nonsense FCS matchups we also briefly mentioned earlier, what is your ACC pick of the week for week one of the 2017 season? Hokies minus four. Unless that's the one you were going to pick, then I'll, I'll take a different one. Want me to take a different one? I mean, you can, take, you can take Hokies minus four. That's fine. I'm good with that. All right. All right, I'll go with that. Uh, the close, I'll, I'll tell you what the close second was, though. The close second um, was the Cal game, Cal plus 11. That was a close second for me. But. Interesting. I, I feel like I am going to regret the hell out of this, but give me Florida State plus 7. Oh, man. I, I mean, I will bet this game. I will bet exactly what I said, but I, uh, I won't make it my pick of the week. I, yeah, that feels really ballsy on my end, but I, I have a lot of faith in Florida State. I don't know that Alabama is going to be able to just dominate and choke them out in week one. I don't see this game being outside of a touchdown. Said people preparing for the Alabama-USC game to start last year where they won 52-6. to six, So Whoops. Yeah, 
uh, we'll try to avoid that. But yeah, give me Florida State plus seven. That is my pick of the week. Even if they lose by like a field goal, I'm fine with that. That that counts. So uh, Seminoles cover seven. That is my pick of the week. Mike, you've got the Hokies to cover four on Sunday night against West Virginia. I don't mind that pick even a little bit. I think those are, again, those are, I think, my two favorite picks of this week. Maybe, I, I mean, I don't mind Cal to cover 11 versus North Carolina. And the other one, I don't mind Louisville to cover 25 against Purdue. I think that as many points as that is, like that is a, that is just a, a runaway game for the Cardinal offense versus a wildly undermatched Purdue team. That's almost one of those games where there almost can't be too many points. Um <laughs> Uh, I think that's how many points Louisville has the potential to score against that Purdue defense. I mean, you can't give me a point spread. I wouldn't. I mean, you get up like thirty-five, then I'm. I guess I'm starting to think about it a little bit. But even then, I'm I'm leaning pretty heavily towards taking Louisville. I mean, I think it's going to be really, really, really ugly. I mean, that game is like the proverbial pinball machine type of game. Like Louisville might score seventy points in that game without an issue. And, I mean, realistically, Purdue is not going to score 40 points against Louisville's defense. So 25 points is a lot, but when you look at the two teams in that matchup, uh, I don't mind it at all. But I'm still going to pick against Alabama, Mike, because I am an educated college football fan. So give me the Seminoles to cover a touchdown uh, against the Crimson Tide. Mike, anything else before we get out of here and go enjoy some week one college football ACC action? Yeah, one quick thing. Alabama beating USC as bad as they did last year is another reason to really like Youngstown State's chances against Max Brown, who was the quarterback in that Alabama game last year. Careful. Max Brown's got to go up against Bo Pelini week one, so... I don't care what 11 dudes Bo Pelini is trotting out onto the field with that Youngstown State helmet on. It's still Bo Pelini's defense, which could be a little dangerous. So just, you know, careful, Max Brown. Careful. I mean, you are playing the Penguins, but... I mean... What could go wrong? Nothing could go wrong, Mike. That could never, ever go wrong. And it's it's a good thing that there is no spread on that game because Vegas would just lose a lot of money on us betting on Pittsburgh to cover an enormous spread against a mildly dangerous and just really just watch yourself Pittsburgh type of team so um yeah go panthers you're gonna just thrash a potentially well-equipped youngstown state team one more quick thought miami bethune cookman tickets are six dollars so first installment of the miami ticket i don't know what we even want to call this what do you want to call us miami ticket price heat check miami ticket price heat check six bucks six Biggins, 600 pennies, Mike, will get you into a Miami game this week. Oh, man, I, I'm really rooting hard for Bethune-Cookman in that one. That's right. They can cover like a, I don't know, pick your spread, 60? Can they cover 60? Uh, ye- I'm going to go yes. Miami, 56, also- Bethune-Cookman, 7. They're going to cover 60. I- does Miami score 70? You, I guess not. You just said 56. I'm going to so go that was no. Dumb. Yeah. That was a really stupid thing for me to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Miami scores in the 60s, but I don't, I don't know if they get 70. I'm with you. I think Bethune-Cookman covers 60. 
So good on you. That's more that's more Bethune Cookman talk than anybody thought they were gonna get in this podcast. So there you go. Hopefully we won over some Bethune Cookman fans. We are low key also the number one Bethune Cookman podcast on the internet. So if you're looking for some sweet Bethune Cookman analysis, you have found the right podcast. Oh my god. Mike, we gotta get out of here and go actually watch some real week one games. Uh do you have anything else before we do? I am good. That's that's good because I got to tell the people they can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRSGOE. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. We're going to be all over Twitter all weekend as we watch these week one games, so please interact with us as you see us. Uh, we got to have all sorts of hot ACC takes on the Twitter machine, so come find us there. You could also send us an email with your thoughts on this podcast or our takes on Twitter or anything else uh, to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it, sir. Year two, we're ready to go. Let's do it. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, Overcast, potentially Stitcher or Spotify or other random places you find podcasts. I don't even know. Uh, you can find us where else on the social medias, Mike? Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there because we have a lot of them. Yeah, you can. And big old thanks to Shane Del Solar and Andrew Parker for giving us our first two reviews on the Basketball Conference uh, Podcast Facebook page. You guys are much, much appreciated. Andrew Parker had a very, very amusing review of the wings that we serve at our restaurant and the ambiance that we provide. So please go on and provide all of your thoughts about any random bit of service that we do or don't provide to you. Facebook.com slash basketball conference is where you can go do that. But Mike, this has been a lot of fun. I am super pumped about week one football. We're back at it. You know, the boy, you know, back in the saddle and the, the boys are back in town. We're getting the band back together. The whole thing. Are you ready to watch some week one football and come back and do this again soon? I am. I am ready. Sweet. That's what I like to hear. Well, until the end of week one and when we have real football that we can actually talk about and recap, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the weekend and these big matchups we've got coming back to college football. But until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.